Hello, everyone, and welcome to SWAT Radio. I'm David Gray, and uh, I'm pleased as, uh, to be joined today by my good friend and brother and uh, frequent golf partner, Tim Hawes. Tim, great to have you here. Good afternoon, David. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, of course. Very happy to have you with us. Brad is off today, and uh, Tim and I have known each other for for years as members at Ponte Vedra Presbyterian Church, where Tim also serves as an elder and handles most Sundays, right, our uh, giving time, our offering time, and gives great teaching and instruction on how God wants us to handle our time, treasures, and talents. And uh, I don't know if I've ever got to tell you that personally, but those are always very very well received and and i appreciate what you do there well you're very kind to say that it's interesting when it, it all started when the pandemic hit and uh, i was asked if for three weeks i would consider doing a uh, a little four five six minute offertory and that was uh three years and one month ago so <laughs> yeah yeah that you, sounds, never, you never know what plan god has in store for you that sounds familiar well i know i know as someone who prepares things right doing four or five minutes weekly takes a lot of work. There's a lot of preparation involved with that and, and it shows. So we, I know everyone appreciates that. And as I said, frequent golf partner, and I meant to add to that in good rounds and in bad. Uh, so we're both, uh, both love golf, but, uh, both, uh, experience the same ups and downs as many of you who, who play as well. Um, I told Doug this, that this may be dangerous for you and I to be on. I should warn our listeners that uh, we're both from the Boston area and both pretty pretty committed Boston sports fans. So we're uh, right in the middle of uh, – you, you probably with the Bruins a little more than me, but I'm big Celtics fan, and we're both in the middle of these playoff series and sweated another one out last night. I, I haven't missed a minute of either series when Marshan – had a breakaway with seven seconds to go at the end of the game the other night. I was sure the Bruins were going to take it home. Yep. Didn't happen. Uh, exciting game last night with uh, with the Celtics winning and locking up their first series. So That's right. this is this is the time of year when you got when you got the three major sports, with the exception of football, all going at it head to head. It's a lot of fun. But of course, we have the NFL draft to uh, give a little football fix there in the middle of all this. Yeah, I. You know, it's funny. I, I I don't watch a lot of regular season hockey, but playoff hockey is tremendous. And I saw that the other night when Brad Marchand had that breakaway and and clearly got the shot. You don't see that very often. You see game winning shots in basketball or a home run in baseball, but in hockey, rarely would you see a goal at the buzzer. And well, and you would expect with someone like like Marchand that the chances that he's going to make it are are really high. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, that's the reason they end hockey games during the season and shootouts right. because they know that they're going to get some points that's right uh the goalie made a terrific he move did. it's it's almost like soccer but on a little bit different scale the goalie's got to commit he's got to go one way or the other yep. if he goes the wrong way he loses if he goes the right way he wins yep. in this case he got lucky and he went the right way yeah it wasn't so much a bad shot by Marshawn. it was just a great great save by the goalie and the celtics right when you're getting aggravated with them and for <laughs> not winning the other night in boston and putting the hawks away uh, and thinking that maybe they were going to blow another one last night, they really stepped up in the last couple minutes. And uh, Al Horford, it was interesting. Al Horford plays for the Celtics, University of Florida guy, won two national championships with 
Billy Donovan there and uh, spent his first nine years uh, in the league with the Hawks. And um, last night was was playing okay, but hadn't had much impact on the game. And apparently late in the game, somebody on the Hawks from their bench started trash-talking him. And he said he wanted to thank that guy because it really got him going, and he made a couple big three-pointers down the stretch. Yes, so. he certainly did. And one of the things I love about watching Horford is he's my age, yeah. so <laughs> it makes me feel a lot better. And I'm 62, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It seems like he's been in the league forever. Well, you think about it, those guys, uh, Florida won those championships in 06 and 07. 06 and 07. And I'm yeah. not sure any of those other stars from those teams are still in the league. I mean, you had Yoakam Noah. Uh, he's. I don't think he's been in the league no. now for a while. Corey Brewer. I don't think he's in the league. So Horford is. I think it's his like his sixteenth or seventeenth year. Yeah, he's 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 in the in the category of you know who who are the older guy, oldest guys in the league yeah. and yeah. He's, he's right there. But I'll tell you what, they get some powerful minutes out of him, and they that really guy do. plays an incredibly smart brand of basketball. He's always in the right place. At they the right really time. do. Yep, yep. Been fun to watch. So on to. Uh, as Bill Belichick said, on to Cincinnati. Now we're on to Philadelphia with the Celtics. The Bruins, are they, is game six tonight? Game six is tonight. I think, I think it is, but they, they, they're, they've got game six against uh, the Florida Panthers, and uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, it, you know, you get nervous when a team like the Bruins, they set a record, right, for regular season wins, and, and uh, you, you don't want to see them uh, lose all that and go out in the first round. Yeah, they set a, a, a a, uh, a record for wins and for points. points, and that just by nature makes me very nervous. Because if you go back in hockey, the number one seeds have a have a terrible record of going all the way, or in some cases, right. like Tampa, either last year or the year before, getting blown out in the very first round of the playoffs right. after scoring 125 points in the regular season. So, right. right, they they got they got to get out of regular season mode and into playoff mentality. And, and turn it up a few notches. If you're just tuning in to SWAT Radio, this is David Gray. Tim Hawes is joining me in studio today. This is not WEEI or the Sports <laughs> Hub in Boston. Uh, for those of you that might be familiar with those stations, and we are going to move on to our text this week. But for those of you who have listened regularly to SWAT, um, and, and those first of all, those of you who may be joining for the first time or haven't listened for a long time, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. Uh, the radio program is a, an outgrowth of uh, Doug McCary's uh, Bible studies that he's taught in the Jacksonville area for a number of years, um, uh, where he teaches at different locations in Jacksonville. And then uh, the radio typically uh, follows the teaching that Doug's been doing in the, uh, in the Bible study. And you can, if you want to hear past shows or get information about SWAT Bible studies, you can go to SWATradio.com and uh, listen to all our past programs and find out uh, relevant information about our weekly meetings. If you're a man in the Jacksonville area and don't have a regular men's Bible study, we'd love to have you join us. And again, you can get that information or listen to past programs at SWATradio.com. If you have listened in the past, you've probably heard Doug talk about the fact that um, he uh, leads a trip to Israel uh, each year and he is going to be leading another one. He doesn't just lead the trip and act as a tour guide. Uh, he really gives great teaching um, on the trip as you go to the various sites. And Doug is going to be uh, taking folks on another trip again this year. I don't have the exact dates handy, but it's typically right after Thanksgiving. And I assume that will be the case this year. And uh, Tim, I know I went on the trip uh, right before COVID in January. It was a little different uh, time frame then, but 
January of 2020, and I know you and another friend of ours, Jay Rolf, just went to Israel on Doug's trip last year. Thought maybe you could share a highlight or two uh, from that trip to kind of give others a sense of of what the trip's like. Well, that this is the kind of trip that I mean t- to use the term life changing somehow seems inadequate. Uh, Doug does a couple of things that are that is very very different on this trip. One is he 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 is a sensational teacher of the, of the Bible and the context of the Bible. And when you are there and you're understanding the context of what the writing is about and you can put, marry that with the location that mm. you're in, the, the meaning just explodes. Right. Number two, Doug, Doug kind of acts as a rabbi and you are a disciple when you are on this trip and you are, you are putting yourself into the position of what Jesus' disciples were doing. They were following, they were learning, they were not questioning their leader, and you, they were, you know, the, the trip is predominantly people who have, in, in today's world, they're used to making decisions, they're used to being in control, and, and shifting into that I will, I will essentially blindly follow you mode is is a a tremendous experience. Mm. And then the third thing that Doug does that is very different is it's a physically fairly aggressive trip. Mm-hmm. We are we are not getting in a bus, driving up to top, the top of Mount Arbel, having a lesson, getting in the bus and driving away. We climbed yeah. up Mount Arbel. You guys Arbel. did a little more hiking than we did. That's right. We did a lot of hiking up into the mountains and you know but but these were the same paths that the disciples mm. would have walked on yeah. Yeah. And, and you you appreciate the you you appreciate the the, the lifestyle that existed for those people mm. in that period of time when you can sit and visualize not only the topography but the geography yeah 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 that's really well put and uh i had the same reaction i i First of all, I remember thinking, I can't believe I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Just standing where we were standing. And I don't mean that in any kind of mystical or magical way, like the land itself has any special powers. It doesn't. But the God of the universe, the creator of all of us, the creator of everything stood there mm. and walked there and taught there and lived there. God with us, right? The Bible says that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And just to be standing in the places he stood was and taught and, and where these things happened. Um, I want to be careful with the language here, but it, it, it made it more real to me. Not that I didn't believe it was real, but, but being there and seeing where it happened just brought it to life in so many ways. I, I, I think made it real. It, for me, that context is we walked a quarter of a mile through underneath the temple in Jerusalem through Hezekiah's tunnel, yes, the tunnel yes. that Hezekiah built to get water in so that they could withstand right. the siege from the Assyrians, yep. I believe. Yep. You, you can read about that all you want and, and, and know that it's a true fact and that it happened. Right. You get down in that pitch black tunnel that's 700 feet underground and three feet wide, yeah. and all of a sudden light bulbs go off in your brain about the the context of um it it just brings the bigger picture into focus and it's it's something i will never forget yeah and thinking about the fact as doug taught about i never would have known this but 
thinking about the fact that the, the, the builders started on opposite ends and without the technology that we have now, they somehow met in the middle. They, they missed each other by a foot. Yeah, unbelievable. With, with a tunnel that is, I believe, over a quarter of a mile yeah. long. That's right. And, and just, you know, I, I talked about how many times, you know, you've read familiar passages in scriptures, read the gospels and said, you know, and they went to Capernaum or they went to Bethsaida or they went to Chorazin or they went that they went up to Jerusalem. And we learn why it's called going up to Jerusalem or, you know, we're studying Acts right now where Paul's in Caesarea, what, what's called Caesarea Maritime and everything that we're reading about right now at the end of Acts, we were there mm. in Caesarea and saw the ruins of Herod Agrippa's palace and saw a, a plate that they found or a pillar that they found with Pilate's name on it. And so, and, and some of the lessons that Doug does incorporate the surroundings just very quickly, because we're going to take a break here in a minute. But one of the lessons that I don't want to give too much away was we, we pulled the bus pulled over by the side of the, some road and we got out and we trekked into these fields where Doug was teaching on the parable of the sower and the, the rocks falling on rocky soil and thorny soil and good ground and, 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 and the, the, Doug will be happy that I remember this, but the, the main point of the lesson was what's, what are our hearts like? And, and that the Bible encourages us to plow up the fallow ground of our hearts, meaning prepare ourselves for different things. Don't just show up at church without having prepared yourself. Don't show up for a Bible study without having read the, the scriptures and, 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 and prepared your heart. And I, and the, and the imagery in that field, we saw the thorn bushes, we saw the fields. So the, the Jews that Jesus was speaking to would have understood all of the analogies and would have understood the, the landmarks that he used to, to teach. So anyway, can't say enough good things about it. Maybe we'll talk about it for another minute or two when we come back. We're going to take our first break on SWAT Radio. Give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment. And we will be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. SWAT Radio is brought to you in part by Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. Ace Door and Window Service, Inc. is a full-service sales door and window installation company. Both of the owners are licensed contractors and are involved in the daily operations of the company. All of their trucks are company-owned and fully equipped. Their mission is to provide Jacksonville and the surrounding area with door and window replacement services. To learn more, call 904-701-3667. That's 904-701-DOOR. Or online at www.acedoor.com. Enhance fitness. As we age, our fitness needs change. First Coast YMCA offers Enhanced Fitness, a 16-week arthritis and fall prevention program that helps enhance strength, balance, and flexibility. These are fun, low-impact classes that promote movement and help older adults stay active, energized, and independent. The classes are free to YMCA members and anyone in the community thanks to a federal grant. Contact First Coast YMCA for a schedule of classes, fcymca.org. Welcome to Teach Kids by Child Evangelism Fellowship. 
helping you teach truth to the kids in your life. The concept of freedom is often associated with an attitude of rebellion, as in, I can do whatever I want because it's a free country. A biblical view of freedom takes a lot of intentional training. Jesus said that the truth of God's word sets you free. What does truth set us free from? Slavery to sin, guilt, and regrets. The book of Romans has much to say about freedom from sin. It's central to the gospel message. God gave us a free will and free conscience to choose him or not choose him. Freedom comes with many responsibilities before God, but the rewards are also great. For more on this topic, visit the blog at cefonline.com. Teach Kids is brought to you by Child Evangelism Fellowship. The Florida Georgia Truth Network in Argyle at 91.7. I push, I pull, go back and forth, finding myself. Pounding on a locked door, I try to make it out alone without your help. But I know I never win this war. I can never be, never be free without Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Tim Hawes uh, joining you from the Salem Center here in Jacksonville. And we're glad you're with us, and we are happy to be with you. We were talking before the break, uh, and we're going to get into our text here in Acts uh, 26, verses 19 through 32 momentarily. But we were talking uh, before the break about Doug's trip to Israel that he leads every year and encouraging any of us, any of you listening if you're interested in in going on that trip, uh, Doug would love to have you, and, and we can't recommend it enough. Um, you can email Doug, and the email address is doug at swatradio.com. Again, the time frame is, uh, it's usually about 10 days, I think, 10 or 11 days, maybe total. Was that about the time frame for yours? Yeah, the trip is, is 10 or 11 days in length. Uh, we left the Friday after Easter. Thanksgiving. And, and Thanksgiving, yep. excuse me, yep. and, and got back you know, at the end of the first week and yep. uh, middle of the first week in December. Yep. And it's uh, the, the, all the accommodations I can assure you are, are great. Um, you get, you get to, one of the nice things too, is being with that group, getting to know people that you might not know before you go uh, eating together, you know, um, one of the hotels is right on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, if, if he st- I assume you stayed in that place right on the Sea of Galilee. We stayed on the Sea of Galilee and we stayed on the Dead Sea. Yeah. And getting the opportunity to go out and float around in the Dead Sea where, you know, the salt content is, I think, seven or eight or nine yeah. times what normal salt water is. That's right. While perhaps not the most theological experience on the planet, just the whole idea of being in the Dead Sea and understanding what went on there and, and, and the roots that went through there yeah. is in, in, incredibly yeah. enlightening. And it's wild when you're, when you're, you're literally floating, you're kind of in a sitting position floating and it's very difficult to force your legs down to touch. You have to work at it to push your legs down. The, the buoyancy is so great. Yeah. One um, of Doug uses the, the Dead Sea a lot as an analogy in his teaching talking about the reason it's dead is there's no outflow from it. It's taking water in, but nothing goes out. And he uses that as an analogy for how we can be sometimes as consumer 
type Christians, right? You know, taking everything in, expecting to be fed or entertained and, and not having anything flow out of us, which is, is, is contrary to what, what Jesus teaches, you know, during the break or just one more thing about Israel that we were talking about. One more experience that stood out for me was, um, the, the trip to Caesarea Philippi, which is up near Mount Hermon, kind of in the north of the Sea of Galilee. And I think it's pretty close to the border with Syria, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you're right. And Mount Hermon is, you know, 12, 13,000 feet, I think, snow-capped. But anyway, uh, we went there, and um, it, in Jesus' time, it was an extraordinarily pagan area, one of the worst pagan areas in the area, and they had a big shrine there, a grotto to the god Pan. They performed child sacrifices, all kinds of things. And and this is this is a good example, I think, about understanding the geography and, and what places represented as to why Jesus went there or, or how he used those places to, to um, enhance his teaching, if you will, not that his teaching needed enhancement, but he did things purposely. And the disciples must have wondered, what are we doing here? Yeah. Why are we in this place? These you know, good Jewish boys don't go to places like this. And, and, and Doug was pointing out that is where, in that setting, is where Jesus said to Peter, uh, Peter confessed Jesus, and, and, and Jesus said, on this rock, you know, Peter, I'll, I'll, build I'll build my, my church, church, and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. And Doug was pointing out that, you know, Caesarea Philippi and that shrine to Pan was a picture of hell on earth. If right? I'm not mistaken, the name of that shrine is the gate of hell. Is it, it not? That You could be right about that. I don't recall that, but that that is very possible. But he was pointing out that, you know, gates are defensive, right? What, you, you see a lot of ruins of cities over there, and you see ruins of gates. And even in Jerusalem, you see all the, the walls of the city and the gates. And um, Jesus' point was the church then is to be offensive, and, and be on offense, and there's no place the church shouldn't go and no one that the church shouldn't try to reach. And that was, you know, a big part of, of Doug's teaching there. So that's an example of just, you know, how Doug uses the settings that you're traveling to and the sites that you're seeing. You're not just seeing the sites for the sake of, oh, there's the, there's the Western Wall, you know, there's the Wailing Wall. There's, a, there's lessons there that, that he's teaching. And so would highly encourage you to go. Um, if you're able, and uh, if you want more information, please email Doug at Doug at SWATradio.com. All right, so we are going to uh, start uh, kind of on our Friday format here. Uh, those of you who have listened before know that uh, on Fridays, generally uh, Brad and I, and uh, Tim and I will do this today, try to follow a little bit different format that uh, might be, we hope, a, a model for you in studying on your own or would certainly be a model you can use if you are working with someone else in a discipleship relationship um, where Doug kind of goes through the, the passages expositorily during the week and, and goes verse by verse and, and, and does the teaching on Fridays, we try to look at the same passage but then respond to four different questions, and uh, typically four. Sometimes we only get to three of them, but the four questions generally are um, what, what stands out to you about the text, what really jumps out, uh, the second one being, what does the text, or maybe who do you identify with? Although that's one sometimes we pass over a little bit because certain passages don't necessarily give a lot of options on who we identify with. Um, the third question is, what does the passage teach us about people? And what does it teach us about God? And then finally, 
the so what question, right? How can we live differently? How can we be obedient because uh, we've been in this particular passage of God's word? And so we're going to do that today with Acts uh, chapter 26, verses 19 to 32. And uh, this is a long passage, but I think we should read it since we're doing this format today. And Tim, if you don't mind, why don't you read 19 through 24, and then I'll pick it up at 25. Sure, be glad to. Starting with verse 19. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven. First to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and to the Gentiles also. I preached that they should repent and turn to God, and prove their repentance by their deeds. That is why the Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But I have had God's help to this very day. And so I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Christ would suffer and as the first to rise from the dead would proclaim light to his own people and to the Gentiles. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defense. Are you out of your mind, Paul? He shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. (laughs) And picking up with verse 25, but Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I am speaking true and rational words. For the king knows about these things, and to him I speak boldly. For I am persuaded that none of these things has escaped his notice, for this has not been done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe in the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, In a short time would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, Whether short or long, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains." Then the king rose and the governor and Bernice and those who were sitting with them. And when they had withdrawn, they said to one another, this man is doing nothing to deserve death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. May God bless the reading of his word. Tim had a little trouble with the microphone over there. So sorry for the technical difficulty. That same thing has happened to me a couple times where the, the big soft thing falls off. We need some tape. (laughs) So anyway, just to before we get to our questions, just to recap uh, Doug's main points from the week, in in case you haven't heard them this week, um, in this passage, God calls us to an enduring obedience. Paul was certainly uh, obedient over a long period of time and endured many hardships uh, and continued to be obedient through those hardships. Uh, He also calls us to a biblical obedience, and that would be, mainly verses 22 to 25. And then finally, God calls us to an evangelistic obedience that we see in verses 46, uh, sorry, 26 to, to 32. And, and one of the main things Doug talked about as a kind of a, uh, under the umbrella of those three points this week was we talked a lot about truth. And, you know, we've been talking about that as in terms of what's going on in our culture right now, um, that, that, Folks want to use terms like, well, my truth, and you can speak your truth. And we talked about the fact that that truth is objective. It comes from outside of us. It comes from God. It is not subjective. Um, in Galatians 1, 8 to 11 is where Paul writes and talks about, 
if anyone, even an angel from heaven, preaches a gospel different from the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. And uh, in Psalm 119.60, it says about God's word, the sum of your word is truth. Truth is also rational. Uh, for example, you can't say that all pens are black and some pens are blue, right? And have both statements be true. Truth is consistent. It doesn't change. It's observable and consistent, right? Isaiah talks about the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God stands forever. And finally, truth is authoritative. Uh, reality always wins and carries authority. So wanted to just give you that summary of the chapter from Doug's teaching this week. And when we come back from break, we're going to get into the questions that, uh, that I outlined earlier. Glad you're with us on SWAT Radio. We'll be right back after the news at the bottom of the hour. Todd Nettleton, and this is the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Mexico's mountainous Chiapas region is one of many that are hostile to Christianity. A militant political group called Zapatistas and paramilitary groups that control the area have prohibited church meetings or Bible distribution. Despite the persecution they face, many of the believing families gather at remote outreach bases to hear the gospel. Some of them walk hours on mountain trails to avoid being seen by the guerrillas. At the base, they hear God's word and take the gospel back to their villages where no pastors or missionaries are allowed. Pray God uses these faithful brothers and sisters to spread the gospel throughout this hostile region of Mexico. I will not let my brothers and sisters suffer in silence. Nor will I let them serve alone. To join me in prayer for persecuted Christians. Go to vomradio.net. There's major delays because of a crash on Bay Meadows Road West at Old Kings Road. All lanes are blocked there. Also, there's an accident on the Arlington Expressway westbound before North Arlington Road. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 66. Saturday, partly sunny with storms, high 86. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Tim Hawes, happy to be with you here from the Salem Center in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, Call us at 844-777-7928 if you have any questions or comments, uh, and we will be happy to uh, to go over those with you. We are we just read before the break Acts 26, 19 to 32, and we're going to kind of go through those questions that we outlined earlier as we typically do on Friday. And the first one is, what jumps out at you from the text? What really stands out? And, and, and Tim, what are your your thoughts on what jumped out at you? A lot of times it's more than one thing. <laughs> well, in, in this case, it's, 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 it's a question of having to narrow it down. But yeah, what, what, what really jumps off the page at me here is Paul's zeal and his consistency. Yeah. Pa Paul knows 
he's right. And he his conviction is absolutely unwavering and in usual Paulian subtlety, he is going right between the eyes of these people that are his audience because he he knows he is correct. And he isn't afraid to talk openly and boldly about the Lord to probably two of the most powerful people that he could possibly be speaking with, right. both who have in their capabilities the ability to snap their fingers and see him be put to death yeah and he's talking to the governor and he's talking to the king yep. and he is going going just taking the gospel you know right right between the eyes yeah yeah and and that's such a consistent theme for paul and that's not to say it a little subtlety might not have been, been to his benefit at times but that's just not who he was yeah that's right and and doug has talked about that a lot paul didn't view these things necessarily as hardships, he viewed them as opportunities, and and that's a real challenge to us, isn't it? To think, would I would I react that way? Do I react that way? Not that I've gone through anything like what Paul's gone through, but but do I view something that's difficult as an opportunity? And we got to remember, I always forget this: he's doing all this after having been in prison for two years. He was just sitting in prison for two years, and there's really nothing said about that. Nope, but. It- Go ahead. Don. And it would have been very easy for Paul to come out and, you know, look after Paul a little bit. Right. But, you know, paraphrasing Paul, you know, to live is nothing, to to die in Christ is everything. Yeah. And he he was he was 100% convicted that his his place on earth was pushing the word out. Yeah. Yep. And um the, nowhere is there a better example than someone who put God first in everything. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I frequently think about the similarity, and, and, and this jumped out at me from this passage as well, between the persecution of Paul and how similar it was to the persecution of Jesus. Absolutely. You know, here Paul is bouncing back and forth between all these different Jewish and Gentile slash Roman leaders, and nobody wants to touch this guy. Right. No, no, nobody can find anything wrong "Quote unquote," that he's done. the The Jews have 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 accused him of a bunch of violations of the law, which are bogus, bogus, yep. and judgmental. Yep. And 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 yet the the Gentiles are like, look, we, we we have to keep the peace, but at the same time, you know, our rules of conduct don't allow us to convict somebody right. who hasn't done anything. That's right, and and that's virtually an identical parallel. Yeah. To Jesus. Right. A little bit more compressed, right, yeah. for Jesus, but absolutely we've talked about that a lot. God actually uses the Romans to save Paul, like four or five times, right? When the Jews are, the mob's about to kill him, very similar to Jesus, right? Uh, uh, by the way, uh, you and I have talked, have you watched The Chosen? Have we oh, yeah, talked of about course. that, that of scene course. where Jesus just walks right through the crowd when they're trying to kill him and in Nazareth. Well, and I, and I love the scripture to that effect where it basically says, and Jesus turned and walked, walked away. Walked right through him. And if you haven't seen that, watch that episode. The way The Chosen handled that was very, very well done and very powerful. But I digress, as I often do. Um, but this idea that, that, right, the Romans were actually, just like with Jesus and Pilate, saying, I don't find anything wrong with him. But, but God also used the Romans to save Paul a few times, or more than a few, four or five times, because it wasn't his time yet. And God had said, you're going to go to Rome. You're going to go to Rome. And so, 
And and when you read all these things, you know, we were talking during the break. When you've read Acts and studied Acts, and then you read some of Paul's letters, it gives you so much better a background and an understanding for what Paul was writing in his letters, similar to what we were talking about about being in Israel and and understanding the setting to to better understand Jesus' teaching. Well, and it's a tremendous object lesson in how God uses people to accomplish his means without them even know they're being used. Yeah. So here he's right. he's using the Romans to protect Paul right. and get Paul to Rome so that he can essentially have his ministry in Rome That's right. is really no different in the bigger context than how God used the Assyrians to punish to, to punish the Jews when they when Assyria came in and and took over uh, the northern kingdom or That's the Babylonians right. in the southern kingdom. That's right. Well, what stood out to me was actually similar and, and maybe, you know, uh, uh, kind of extending what, what, what you were talking about, and that is that in verses 22 and 23 in particular, Paul's pleading with all who are listening to him, Jews and Romans alike, um, that what he is preaching about Jesus is in line with what the law and the prophets, what the, what the Jews claim to have believed all these generations— that what he's preaching about Jesus is the fulfillment of what the law and the prophets uh, said about the Messiah. And that, uh, you know, that Paul says here in, in verse 23, that the Christ must suffer and be the first to rise from the dead and would proclaim light, truth, that we've been talking about this week, to both Jews and Gentiles. You know, and that got me to thinking, you know, I, I, I don't know that I've ever done, an you know, a deep study of what the Old Testament says about Jesus. When it says, I think when it says here that that what the prophets and Moses said, Moses is, yes, he means Moses, but he also means the law, right, yes. in general, the Old, the old yes. Testament, the whole of the Old Testament. And I started thinking about it, and just a few passages to, to pass along, if you want to uh, check this out. I did read that some have counted as many as 450 references in the Old Testament to Messiah. Oh yeah. And, least. And, and Jesus, you know, came and fulfilled all the old Testament prophecies and, 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 uh, pointing to the Messiah. But John in John five forty six, Jesus himself said, Moses wrote of me. And in Deuteronomy 18, 15 through 19, Moses writes about God raising up a prophet from among Israel, among the people of Israel. And Moses goes on to say, listen to him. Right. And so Paul is pointing back to these, to these prophets and to Moses that the that the Jews say they revere, and and pointing out where and how Jesus fulfilled all this, and they still don't get it. You know, Genesis three fifteen. Of course, we know that the the creation account and the fall account, where Jesus, where I'm sorry, where God said to the serpent about the deliverer that he would send, "You'll bruise his heel, but he'll crush Crush your your head." head. So as, as far back as that, and then, of course, Isaiah 53 is a, is a well-known passage about the Messiah. Psalm 1610 uh, is about, you know, when we talk about the resurrection, Psalm 1610 is the passage that says you, you won't let your servant um, see corruption or, or basically rot in hell or stay in hell. And Peter refers to that earlier in Acts, and Paul does. Um, I've mentioned this on the program before, and this is not— an original thought on my part. I always joke that I haven't had an original thought since 1976, but um, I got this. I think I got this from Alistair Begg, um, great Scottish preacher, but been at a, at a church in Cleveland for a long time. 
And he said that um, the Old Testament, all of the Bible is about Jesus, and that the Old Testament is Jesus predicted, that the Gospels are Jesus revealed, that Acts is Jesus preached, that the letters, mostly of Paul, but others, the letters are Jesus explained, and Revelation is Jesus anticipated. And that's always stayed with me, and I thought that's a great way. And, and I remember Alistair Begg saying, if you can kind of get that, that's a great theology lesson in, in 30 seconds, you know, and uh, that's always stayed with me. So I've never heard that before, and I'm going to steal it from you because that <laughs> absolutely. is absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. I stole it from Alistair Begg, and I'm sure he stole it from someone else. But Let, let me just make one sure. more comment on, on, on what jumps out at me in this text. And that is you have to keep in mind that the Pharisees and to certain and to also a degree the Sadducees were the most knowledgeable biblical scholars in the world. Nobody knew the Bible better than these guys did. Yep. They knew who Jesus was. They knew that he was telling the truth. And yet they had so much darkness and so much evil and had been so so dramatically separated from God over the years that they had totally lost connection with the word, the word of God. Mm. And it's, it's just, it's a horrifying thought, but the reality is these guys knew who Jesus was and they did it to him. They did what they did to him anyway. And what does the Bible say about the demons? The demons know the demons believe and they tremble, but they don't submit. And, and, the, and to your point, which is a great point, they knew, but they didn't submit because of the darkness. That, and they didn't, they belonged, as Jesus said, to their father, the devil. Tough, tough things to hear for sure. We are going to take our last break on SWAT radio, another hour flying by as it usually does. Uh, give us a call at 844-777-7928 if you have a question or a comment. And we will be right back after the break on SWAT radio. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Are you serving the Lord in any capacity in ministry? Conservative Theological University would like you to call today. CTU now offers partial grant scholarships for new students. Call 1-800-GO-BIBLE and leave your contact info for the admission staff to reach out to you. That's 1-800-GO-BIBLE for admissions info for Conservative Theological University. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomnehl.com. 
Learning from mistakes is valuable, but according to Trace Embry of Shepherds Hill Academy, there's a better way to learn, unlicensed parent. Have you noticed the increasing number of parents that allow their small kids to roam free for the purpose of exploration and learning from their mistakes? They'll say that allowing our kids to learn from their mistakes will make them wise. But in God's economy, it's even wiser to learn from the mistakes of others. Doesn't that just stand to reason? Especially when some of those mistakes can be life-changing or life-threatening. This is why it's so important for parents to earn their kids' trust by requiring their obedience. A strange concept today. Nothing wrong with allowing our kids to make mistakes. But let's not make the mistake of being too indiscriminate with the kind of mistakes we allow them to make. Gain more insight for today's culture when you visit our website, licensedapparent.org. The Florida Georgia Truth Network, on the air in St. Augustine at 91.9. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been hearing the same old voice of the same old lies, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. Welcome back to SWAT Radio, everyone. David Gray and Tim Hawes, glad to be with you for our final segment of the program and our final segment of the week. And I guess while we're on that theme, final segment of April. Boy, another, another month has has flown by but we've been talking about acts chapter 26 verses 19 through 32 and looking at our friday questions and we just talked about you know what jumped out at us from the text and and now we want to move on to what does the passage teach us uh, about people and and what does it teach us about god so tim you have some thoughts on that well let's let's start with with people and i'm, I'm going to look at it from two different perspectives i'm going to look at it teaches us that people are by nature, by, by, by their own sinful nature, are extraordinarily inwardly focused. Festus is only concerned about his own best interest and how he can be made to look good. Agrippa isn't about to let Paul paint him into a corner with this very clever question that Paul asks him, and so Agrippa decides instead to delay and the Pharisees can only exclusively focus on what's best for them. Mm. Now flip the coin. When deeply rooted in Christ, people, as demonstrated by Paul, can handle huge amount of hardships and can be in Christ in an enormously powerful way. Mm. But depending upon which side of that equation they're on, and I think— I think in many cases, God gives us these these writings written in the way that they are so that we can see the extreme situations, yeah. um, obviously either the self-interest or the total immersion uh, in God. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. But Doug talks a lot, too, about, um, you know, the, the nature of people, like you just explained, either, either inward-focused and self-focused or or outward focus toward God and toward others. Doug talks about this a lot. God views all of man as belonging, all of mankind as belonging to just one of two families, right? You're either what Jesus said, what we talked about at the end of the last segment, you're of your father, the devil, or you belong to God. You're in the family of God. And 
you know, what I, what I had about people here is, is very similar. Again, we think the same way about, about even though they had all of the old Testament, they had all of the scriptures, they had all of the prophecies and predictions. They had all of the clear direction, uh, clear information about who the Messiah would be, even down to the fact that he'd be born in Bethlehem and born of a virgin, right? And uh, ride it on a donkey. It, it, I mean, exactly. it was all laid out. It was crystal clear. Absolutely. And and you, you mentioned during the break, and I agree with you, that, and that was a great observation, that the, the Pharisees, it wasn't that they should have known who Jesus was, but that they did know, but refused to submit and refused to acknowledge. So, you know, what, what I think the passage teaches us about people along those lines is that those who are controlled by Satan, those who have not been regenerated, cannot believe or accept the truth about Jesus or God's word, right? Jesus in John six forty four said, no one can come to me unless the father draws him. And, and I love this passage and in, in, this is first Corinthians one eighteen, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Mm. Right? So, I mean, you talk to people who, who don't understand and who don't believe and they look at you like you have two heads. It's like it's nonsense. Oh, it, yeah. and, and and you know what? It is to them. Yeah, it is. Because and 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 my point in that is, I have spent too much time in my life in my self thinking, thinking negatively about other people or being angry with other people or actually thinking, oh, they'll get theirs from God, right? Rather than thinking what we're talking about now. Well, they can't believe now. God still holds them accountable. Because, as Roman says, this God's revealed through creation, and you know enough for people to know that who He is. But I know, and you know, where we would be apart from the kindness and love and mercy of God, we'd be in the same boat. And so I think what, and Paul says this. I didn't mention this before, but Paul says this at, at the end of the passage we read that he wishes everybody could be like him, meaning knowing Jesus and belonging to Jesus except that they wouldn't be in those chains. And in Romans, he says that he would even cut himself out of the book of life if it meant his fellow countrymen could be saved. Despite what they're doing to him, right, that's right. He, is still, he is still preaching the gospel that's right. to these people. That's right. It is remarkable. That's right. And, you know, to your point, Festus shouting at Paul that he's out of his mind is an example of the world thinking the gospel's foolishness. Agrippa, not not responding to Paul when he says, you believe, I know you believe. He says, oh, you're gonna, you think I'm going to become a Christian this fast? He doesn't want to lose face, I don't think, in front of, or it seemed like Paul got the better of him in front of the Romans. And then, and then about God, you know, God didn't foretell of the Messiah and reveal Jesus, as Paul says, in a corner. It was all open. It was plain to see. The Old Testament makes it plain. And um, again, Paul's desire that all believers that all believe that we just talked about when he said he wished all would be as he is mirrors God's desire, mm -hmm. right? Paul is a reflection and an ambassador for Christ and he's reflecting God's desire. And I don't think we talk about that enough or people think about that enough that I won't read the passages, but Ezekiel 33, 11, second Peter three, nine, Luke 13, 34, all talk about that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked and that he wishes his, his desire is for all to repent and turn and believe and be saved. And 
And uh, I'm not sure I always feel like that. You know, so that is, uh, that's convicting to me. Uh, and then finally for me, God, like we've been talking about all week, God is truth. Mm. His word is truth. He is the only source of truth and all of his defenses. Uh, Paul is given the words to say, right? Remember back way back when he was blinded on the road to Damascus, God told him through Ananias, I'm going to send him to kings and governors and I'm going to give him the words to say. And so we know that Paul is given the words that he's saying and all these defenses he's making he gives the same message of the gospel and he's given them by the spirit of truth and that uh, God protected him and will protect all who belong to him until we complete the good works yeah. he planned for us in advance to do so. Well, and I think also with regard to, you know, what does this teach us about God? God can and will use whoever he wants for his purposes. Right. I mean, if you think about, I mean, P Paul said of himself, I was a Pharisee's Pharisee. He he was as zealous in his Phariseeness. I know that's not correct. <laughs> I correct like English, that though. I'm going to use um, that one. As he ultimately was zealous in his desire to, to, um, to spread the word, yet, yet God took Paul and made him a disciple's mm -hmm. disciple. Right. And, and I think it also shows me in that context, somewhat sarcastically, that God's got a pretty good sense of humor. Yeah, Because for God to use Paul, yeah. and in, keep in mind, I mean, it was two or three years after the his, his conversion on the road to Damascus before the other Christians started to kind of get comfortable with this guy right. who had been, sure. you know, imprisoning and, yeah. and having killed people who, uh, who, who, who believed. That's so, right. Yep, that's right. Well, we want to get to that last question. We've only got a couple minutes left and want to make sure we hit this. Uh, so the so what question, right? How can we be different? How can we live differently because we've been in this part of God's word? And I, th I think, you know, the, the thing that it, kind of the big message for me is, you know, amp up your fervor and your zeal for spreading the good news. Mm. You know, no matter no matter how much of it you think you're doing, you got a lot more in you and you got a lot more different ways than you can do it. That doesn't mean you have to walk up and down the beach carrying a cross. It doesn't mean you have to stand on the street corner with a sandwich board on that says repent the end is near. It it's it's mustard seeds. There are a lot, carry a bunch of mustard seeds around in your pocket yeah. and plant them whenever you have the chance. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, we were, Doug was just talking about that the other day about, you know, even if we just have a conversation with somebody about, it doesn't have to always be the four point gospel presentation, right? It might just be, oh, I, you know, we met at SWAT Bible study and we'd love to have you come or, you know, praying for someone. You can be evangelistic in, in, in prayer. You know, I thought the same thing, similar again to you, uh, defend the truth right point to god as the source of truth we're we're living in a place where in a time where i think people are desperate for truth but they're grasping at all these wrong places to get it or, or or places that don't really have the truth and that and that it's loving to tell someone the truth that we should yeah. do it in a kind and loving and, and in a way that draws people in but that we shouldn't shrink back from it and that it is loving to, to tell people the truth like paul's doing here and again, do I really see life's trials and persecutions like we talked about earlier as an opportunity 
you know, to speak the truth of the gospel. Uh, mm-hmm. So often I would look at it first as, oh, I got to get out of this problem, mm-hmm. how it affects me. Uh, how am I going to get myself out of this problem? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But but be watchful for opportunities uh, and be bold. And and again, as as we were saying, change my attitude about the eternal destiny of others mm. and care. And sometimes, do I care? And 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 uh, I remember a pastor that of an old church I went to said, "No preacher worth his salt should ever preach on hell without a tear in his eye." Wow, and I thought, do I really think like that? Mm-hmm. Do I think like that? Or am I too blasé about it? So, Anyway, thank you for being here today. It was great having you in. We didn't talk too long about the Celtics and the Bruins, so we'll do it again uh, soon, I hope. I'll look forward to it. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Tim, and thanks to you for listening to SWAT Radio. Have a great weekend, and I will be back with Doug on Monday. See you then.